As a big what old hit. Up, football fans, welcome back to another episode of Pound the Pigskin, where it's all football all the time. It's your host, Steve Hill, and along with your fellow football host, Alex Ruiz and Matt Kaczynski. And gentlemen, tonight is our first college football show of the season, as believe it or not, that wacky and magical world that is college football kicks off in just three days from today. So we are going to spend a majority of the show tonight getting into that for the first time this season, which is always exciting because let's face it, if there is one sport that is always a true wild card, it is college football. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a fun one. Um, obviously, we've, we've touched on it a little bit here in, in the offseason. Um, we'll get more in depth this, you know, this show, but uh, it's – it's definitely not going to be what it was the last 15, 20 years or even before that. So it'll be, it'll be pretty interesting. That is true. It is, it is rapidly changing before our eyes, which is uh, part of what we're going to get into tonight. But first, as always, we will start off our show with our drink of the night. And I actually have a uh, – I'm drinking a birthday present uh, – that I got. It is Basil Hayden's Rye Whiskey. And I'll tell you what, I'm not a huge, or I have not been a huge rye whiskey person in the past, but this is probably some of the smoothest whiskey I've ever had in my life. What's the really? taste It's, it, 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 yeah, it's Basil Hayden's Rye Whiskey. It's, I mean, it doesn't really have, it doesn't have an oaky taste or, Anything like, or it's it's not super smoky and harsh. It, uh, I've got it over a uh, a whiskey cube right now, and uh, I, like I said, it's just it's so it's cold, but my God, is it smooth? Nice. So that's, <coughs> what, I'm, that's what I'm going with. So I got my hair on fire. College football with some with some whiskey. Okay. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Can I can tear it up? I'm going. There you go. I'm going back to my uh, my old school college days, uh, getting oh get, getting the alcohol while it was cheap in the big 24 packs. Except this time, I'm drinking me a nice 16 ounce of Miller Lite. Hey, there we go. Celebrate college <laughs> with college drinks, baby. I don't know. I can't say anything. I still drink, you know. Yeah, I was gonna say Miller Lite is still a staple. Now, keep in mind, I've got McUltra in my fridge because that's my favorite beer. But uh, I gotta, I gotta toast it up to the cheap stuff for college. There you go. <laughs> well, I mean, when we, were, I th- when we were talking cheap in college, and we called it bad beer. Now we would have things like Mickey's Ice and Natty's Forty Five. No, man, Reserve. Milwaukee's Best Ice. Milwaukee's Bud Light Best. Was pretty yeah. cheap back then. Ice House used to be a dollar at the Applebee's. Oh God, Ice House is so broke though. <laughs> Dude, Ice House will like take paint off of the side Remember of Matt, those there were those uh, ten ounce frozen mugs at Ice House for a dollar. Yep. Yep. Or here, I'll they get don't you do even frozen rumors. mugs anymore, man. That's so sad. Yeah. There was what? What is Ice House? And then there was uh, what was the other one? Um, oh, Steel Reserves. That's a real good one. Yep. That'll exactly. make you want to die. Pat's <laughs> Blue Ribbon. Ugh. I mean, oh yeah, Matt and I were big PBR guys. I was oh, a big PBR God. guy for a long time. PBR two uh, two pounders for three bucks at uh, oh, Lynch's and I know stuff. you could put it away, but it it's not good. <laughs> you know what's funny? I've gone back to it and I can't drink it really anymore. 
Yeah, well, you know, sometimes we just lose taste of things. But what do you got for tonight's show? So, luckily, I kind of changed it up. I already had I had a leftover Bud Light seltzer up here, okay. but I decided to switch it up a little bit and do something I never do. Hey, sorry, I got dogs in the background. Um, I decided to switch it up a little bit, and uh, I'm having a little Tito's and lime. Hey, some Tito's, Alex. Tito's. There we Yo. go. Hey, what's that? Uh, what's that carbonated water? What's that stuff called? Oh, and I have. I, I, I throw a little. I, I do actually have soda water, so I throw a little soda water in there. You gotta, you gotta drink it with. Uh, it's it's water, but it's called ice, and they got like different flavors. You gotta. Try Dude, that some stuff's Tito's. so good. Yeah, do it with some Tito's. You'll you'll it'll change your world. There you go. Yeah, I can see that. Little little tip for all of you listeners out there. That's right. That's right. And I don't even like vodka. <laughs> so let's get into boys. We alluded to um, college football changing in front of our eyes. Some of the biggest news over the last couple of months. We'll start out with uh, some conference uh, realignment. Obviously, the big news was the fact that uh, Oklahoma and Texas are going to be joining the Southeastern Conference as early as potentially 2022. We don't know. It looks like maybe 2023, but as early as next year. So that's the three big guys in the Big 12 leaving the Big 12 to head to the to the SEC. Um, I didn't like it when it happened. Um, I don't really care one way or the other now that it's official. Um, but it's just proof that conferences and just the scheme, the landscape of college football is changing. What do we, what do we think on that, on that, uh, component? Uh, what do we think on the change or what do we think on the conferences merging? Just mostly, mostly first initial thoughts about Oklahoma and Texas joining the SEC and then what we think that means down the road um i mean look they're they're big schools they're big programs they've always kind of gotten into the top you know 15 top 25 and they're they're pretty consistent um i think part of the reason that they're asking for this change is nobody really takes them seriously because of the divisions that they play in um and we we can say it we can say whatever we want we all know it's true pac 12 big 10 acc not too many big schools there that are really going to push for for conference championships or, or national titles, um, and I think that's kind of the driving factor behind this right now. Is these these teams are they're looking at their opponents and they're saying, all right, look, we've got non-primary college football programs in our division that we have to play against, and it's not helping us move up the rankings. It's not bringing revenue into our schools. Uh, we want to be relevant, and we want to get our players a chance to really you know, shine at the next level. So I think that's a big motivator for this, but ultimately it's a financial decision. Yeah. There you go. You hit it. About the money well, that's because the SEC is the media darling and it doesn't even include because of where they were recruiting and some of the natties they've been doing it. It's been a 20 year process of ESPN basically doing whatever SEC wants. I mean, I'm not trying to get it too deep or try to go too far down the rabbit hole here, but ESPN does whatever SEC does, wants. I mean, let's be real. Yeah, it, I mean, it, is, it is dominated by SEC, and I'm not saying that there isn't talent, and I'm not saying that some of it isn't deserved, but I think this is literally, in my humble opinion, I think this is the other college football conference going, you know what, SEC, we're going to give you a big middle finger because guess what? You ain't all that you think you are all the time. 
we're sick of this because you're basically getting thrown into the spotlight with no matter what happens. And I've, I've been preaching this for years. I am not saying there's not talent in the SEC, and I'm not saying that there is not reason why they are a dominant conference. I am not going to say that. There is amazing talent that's come out of that conference. But I will always say, and I'll say it again, when you've got the number one team, the three team, the four team, the five team, the six team, and then the 12th team all playing each other over the course of a season, of course they're going to stay on top. Because they've been granted that. Now, I know we all talk about that, how the playoff has changed. And they've done a lot of different ways to try to identify where rankings are coming from. But let's not, let's not kid ourselves. Where you're ranked early in the year dictates where you end up getting ranked in the beginning. And then once you're ranked, it's hard to lose it. Yeah, I mean, unless you unless you're losing football games again, yeah. I'm not, and, and I'm not trying to be hypercritical and be like the oh, I'm an ACC fan, so I'm butthurt and uh, fuck the SEC because that's not really what it is. It's on a football side of it, and it's just in general, it's there's a bias to the SEC, and I'm sorry if people don't want to admit that, then they're just blind to it. There's well, an SEC bias now, and that's, that's that's what I was saying. I mean, you're you're hitting it right where I was, man. It's it's not well, even it's a financial decision, but it, it again, this is. Texas and Oklahoma wanting to move into it, and again, they they do rank almost every year, right? They're they're up there. They have a good program, but they're never right. They're never right at the top. And That's the reason for that is because storied, they're yeah. storied schools, though. Yeah, for football, they're, they're not they're not playing those teams that you you alluded to, like Alabama and Clemson and freaking. But again, Florida but hold on, and, but hold on, but hold on. Like LSU every year isn't always an amazing powerhouse. No, but I, always, I know they're not, but they always but get ranked. Always, but they're so, always pre-ranked really high you, right that, that my, is going my point, to affect perception my point on that is is freaking th- this is why they're making this move this is why there's this huge push because they want to get up there well yeah but no i no i i actually think it's even more than that it's more about like hey you're not going to continue just running college football the way you know you are right now i think it's more of a response like that it's not just financial i think that's the leading factor because it's like hey this is ridiculous everything you know, anything the SEC does on TV gets, you know, so much, probably more money in all honesty in terms of advertisement than any other major conference game. Unless you're talking about like, you know, your Saturday night matchup where that a lot of times isn't SEC, but that's ESPN. They're going to control that. I'm just I think it's a shifting because of the need that there's a power struggle and it's been a given power struggle. Now, again, I'm not being biased. I'm trying to not be biased being a fan of a team that's not in that said conference. But I, to me, it's a response of, hey, it's not the SEC and everybody else. Like, we need to join up to get our talent pool where it needs to be because it's there. It's just it gets overshadowed. It's- now, I'm not saying, like, North Carolina should deserve to be, like, talked about all the time. But there was clearly moments. Now, I know somebody, if people really cared and are listening, they're going to go, oh, well, Miami's lost to SEC teams a lot. I'm not going to deny that. They have not showed up recently when it comes to it. But the point remains that when you're always going into the season with strong ranked teams, that's going to influence those first round of rankings, whether people want to admit it or not. It does. Yeah. It's a bias. I mean, it does, but it gives, it gives the unranked or the underdogs then, a chance. But no, it doesn't, because here's the point. When you're the number four team, if you lose to the number six team, you don't slide very much. Right, but if you're the number four team because you just got ranked the number four team based on how you, you played the season before and your talent pool is gone 
and the number 27 team comes in and kicks your ass, surprisingly, they're jumping in the rankings. It does, but that the odds so, of that happening. So the are beginning very, of it doesn't really matter. Clear. You said it earlier that the top twenty-five really doesn't mean shit the first couple of weeks of college football because we have no idea what's going to happen with the new players that are sophomores and, and juniors that are now starters. It yeah, doesn't. And we, but, and we know that the first set of the playoff rankings is where you really see what people think of the teams anyway. Now yeah. it is, but you got to remember that is also there. There is. I'm telling. I just I'm on the outside of the SEC looking in, and it's. There's always that constant bias of like, no matter how poor a quarterback play or how poor the team really kind of is, if Auburn somehow shows fight against, you know, LSU or if they're having a strong year or Georgia, it doesn't matter what the rankings are. They're always placed with like a little bit of a nudge. Yeah, well, now, I mean, again, you know, it's all the eye test is what people certainly look at. And, and that's what it's become. They're going to give teams that are in a, a conference – with strong, you know, opponents, they're going to give them, you know, the benefit of the doubt that they can hang, you know, with with a lot more uh, teams throughout the country, or they may be better, better suited to beat teams from other conferences. I think that, like, with this shift of Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC, and then the Pac-12 and the Big 12 and the Big 10 forming you know, an alliance between those three conferences to where they're going to try to exclusively schedule games um, against teams from just those conferences um, out, you know, that aren't, you know, interconference games part of their schedule. I think this is all part of strengthening the conferences in college football and trying to start to take that shift towards weeding out kind of the 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 lower tier the the b teams of of college football to where eventually i don't know if we'll get there but eventually i think that you're gonna you know instead of college football having 122 division one teams i think you're gonna have you know the top 60 football programs maybe in the country they secede from the union so to speak and then they're in their own you know, football, CFP, uh, you know, uh, college football playoff conference uh, division or whatever to where it's only these 60 teams and you play your you play against the teams in your conference that are that have, you know, uh, been accepted as the top 60. And then from there, you've got your 12 team playoff or 16 team playoff. I don't know how it's going to go. There's a ton of fairy. Uh, fairy tale pixie dust that can be sprinkled on this. Um, you know, one of the things I've heard about, like the SEC, now that they're going to have, you know, sixteen teams, is that uh, they'll eventually they'll get away from the the eastern and western division, and you'll just be grouped in uh, four team pockets, and you play against your other three teams in your four team pocket, and then you play against two teams from the other three pockets, and then that makes up your your nine game conference schedule. I mean, there's a ton of ways that you can do creative things with college football scheduling because they, the schools get the ability to, you know, make, create their schedules um, within their conference and outside of conference. So the, the ultimate, the ultimate thing would be, you know, we get to the point where college football, you know, playoff committee and all the people who have all the big money and have all the big say so, they all come together and you say, 
you know what? When it comes to winning a college football national championship, let's face it, there's not really 120 schools that have a chance. Every year, there's maybe, you know, I mean, let's face it, there's really Ten. less than 20 that really have it, but we'll give, we'll give 60 or 70 programs maybe the chance to maybe on a one year, maybe they have a Cinderella run and they come up out of nowhere like Coastal Carolina did or whatever. Yeah. But I think that eventually they come to the terms that everybody really wants to see the elite of the elite only play against each other. You know, this way Alabama doesn't get the schedule to Citadel in week two and Florida doesn't have Eastern Washington coming in, you know, week 10 of the regular season. Like nobody wants to see that garbage. Those teams can play against each other in a lesser-tiered division. Um, we're a long way away from all of that. I'm just saying that they have the ability, if they want to take that next step to um, just making the sport that much more elite. Because let's face it, it's not amateur athletics with the whole name-image-likeness thing. Kids are getting paid. I mean, it all it's all – very different like we alluded to in the beginning of the show college football as we sit here today is going to look different in five years it's going to look different in 10 years um you know so just enjoy the ride if you're an old school person who loves you know they'll go to the school because of their tradition and you know you play for the school and the name on the jersey and blah 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 that's great but those those days are dead and gone i'm just here to say it um yeah, but that's always what we've always loved about college football. Yeah, so. and it's still going to be the pageantry for, for the diehards. There's still going to be the pageantry. There's still the fight songs. There's still the rivalry games that have the wacky nicknames like the Civil War and the Egg Bowl and all that shit. Will there really, it. though? There will be. Yeah. That's I stuff, mean, that's there, stuff there, there could. You got to remember, the, for the lifers, right, this this new change, we're not going to see any, like, residual effects to this, like the camaraderie or, like you were saying, the pageantry. We're not going to see any changes for that for probably another 20, 30 years of college football because it's, no. it'll still it it'll still linger on. Yeah, but, but it's yeah. not going to be the same where if you start – saying, But it's not, it's not going to change entirely. Like you're thinking it's going to be gone, gone right now. Like we're getting rid of this quick. No, it will I, be. I just know that when my think. kids, you know, wherever they decide to go, whatever school they go to, the, the, like say they go to, you know, Florida, you know, uh, I hope so. Please, let's make that happen. Um it's not going to be the same, you know, like us going this season or going the last couple seasons, all, you know, all our fight songs, they're all going to be different. Everything's going to change, but there's still going to be a little bit of that pride because I mean, let's so, face it. Okay. Drunk, I think you're drunk college, drunk college kids are, are, they're just stupid. So it's going to be there. I'm not saying, so I'm not saying that school tradition will go away. That's not, so I know a lot of people don't agree with it and I don't fully, I don't fully agree. But here's the here's what's gonna end up. Here's what changes though. Alum tradition. Yeah, but even alum. I'm, okay, I'm telling you, we're, we're, whether you want to admit it or not, like the Big Twelve right now, there's a lot of changes there. There's a, some rivalries that are now going to be dead. It's okay. not the same because you got to remember, even if they still play each other. So we're talking like what? Well, like you're not going to have the and, Bedlam game anymore between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. So like, they, let's just use that as an example. Like, unless they go out of their way to schedule that as their guaranteed that's non-conference. That's I think, some, is it I think imme- some programs will do that, though. That's an immediate change. But what's the – then why are you leaving the conference then? It begs – then what is I the mean, point Florida of actually Florida doing it? Florida and Florida State keep, still keep their, their, their uh, rivalry they do. game going. They, they do, but it's hard, it's hard to schedule that when 
Clemson and South Carolina play their Palmetto State rivalry. That's what I'm saying. Like the big in-state rivalries, I don't think those will ever go away because that's just ingrained in what the school they, is. They don't, but they're not going to be the same. Like, let's be realistic here. I don't when know about Florida, you, bro, but when I'm 70 and I'm still watching the Florida and Florida you're missing. You're, you're, you're not. That's not what I'm talking about, dude. You're, you're, I think you're missing it. I'm not saying that fans aren't going to care. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying the that Bedlam the game will be. Well, if you what I'm saying is rivalry game games example, like that. It's not the same because now it's not a conference game. It's not a conference game. So that win or loss doesn't mean the same. When Miami plays Florida, like, yeah, of course, we all want to talk shit and we all want to win it. But at the end of the day, it's an out-of-conference game. So realistically, you run your conference. If that's your, if that's your one loss, cool. That's a big difference than if your one loss is Oklahoma State in your conference. Yeah. It changes football, whether people are going to want to admit it or not. It's going to change the landscape of how football is, and I don't know if it's going to be a good thing right away. It's going to well, be a. It's like going to be a thing. It'll take some getting used to. Yeah, it's it'll be a little while. It's just going to take. I just personally, I I don't like that. Some of the rooted tradition, of what made college football separate and different than any other sport, but, at the end of the day, let's just I'll, call it what it is. Okay? Well, money change. Money has changed. Money rules game. all. So let's, yeah, let's just call it what it is. We. We will be the boomers of college football. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. 100%. You, you want to no. know, know what, what – No, I'm not. Help? No, I can't say that because I'm all in on the NIL deal. So yeah. I can't say that I'm a boomer on that. Well, what might help keep some of college football's traditions and pageantry alive is when EA gets off their ass and decides to make <laughs> – Make the football the video game again. They said they would, but it's going to be like they are, three yeah, years. Yeah, they are, but it's not coming out for like another two years. I know they need to get off their ass, which uh, is then going to suck because here's the problem: in two years, we don't know what the landscape of college football is going to like. So they're going yeah, to have gonna to adapt. be able to. You're going to be able to create your own conferences and put whatever team you want in there. You want Florida State, Florida, and Miami all to be in the same, you know, southeastern mega conference? You can fucking do it. Now, yeah. some of that stuff down the line, I think, could make a lot of real sense, and you start shifting where. You know, some of these older-rooted conferences, I mean, I'll even throw it under the bus. The ACC really was a crappy conference, even though Miami's never won it, which is kind of pathetic for the conference. Hey, they've you never knock won on it. wood, man. You knock on wood. You never know when that time's going to come. The, the, they've happening. never won it, and that's what made the ACC become prominent, is the fact that you ended up having Miami with the possibility of Florida State. Literally, the idea that it could happen is what made ACC stick out. Yeah. Because other than that, I'll tell, you, what I'll tell you what I thought was a good idea or maybe not a – I mean, I thought it's a possible suggestion of how things could shake out was Alex had mentioned, you know, how the NFL's got the AFC and the NFC, right? So yep. my thought process was if some someday they decide, you know what, we're going to uh, – we're going to – we got to eliminate – you know, half the teams in Division One from being eligible to win a college. Yeah, you go down to 64. Yeah, go down to 64, whatever you want to do, 64, 50, I don't care. But then you go ahead and you say, all right, well, we got to have some kind of division or conference or whatever. You take those 64, right, and you pick um, based off of four different regions and you pool them. And you get 16 teams that are located in your four different regions. And those are your four conferences. And you can only <coughs> play within your regions until you qualify for a, you know, 32 team or 
They need to do it like March Madness. Yeah, but see, the only problem is, though, the only problem is that. March Madness has too many teams, though. Well, I know, but I'm saying. The Southeast has has way too many teams. Adopt the same method, right? You've got to only take the best of the best. That's fine. Do it. Yeah, but that's still, but hold on. But you got to think about it, though. The only thing I'm going to balk to that I could one. give you I could give you the the top 16 teams in the southeast right now that would make it and yeah you probably you'd have teams you'd have teams that would get knocked out of there like South Carolina like Tennessee like Kentucky but you know what tough shit because you got to make room for you got to have Florida Florida State Miami why do you need Florida State Alabama. though what is Florida State proven as a flight that they deserve it if you're going to go to that logic? Well, I mean, they've got a national championship within the last eight years. I mean, got- <laughs> let's see. Hold on, but here's my question, though. No, no, no. My question is: Are you talking I mean, about you this kind of yearly, a yearly shift? <laughs> no, no. But I'm no. I'm I'm making sure I'm understanding you, his scenario. You is don't this, have to. You is don't this have yearly? To, no. You is this make yearly? You're looking to where teams get relegated if if it's just like you know Premier League soccer. But that's but but my point being, at the end of the day, you could in theory knock out. You know, you take your you take your let your worst four from your from your region, and you bump them down to the to the division one, you know, subset, you know, championship series, and then you take the top four, including the national title winner from the subset series, and you move them up into the college football playoffs. Why series. do we need it to become like soccer? It doesn't need to be. I'm just saying that there's a bunch of like, you know. Why can't we not be soccer? There's a bunch of fairy tale scenarios where it could be, let's face it, it could be super entertaining for the fans if you have, you know, a a much more condensed uh, pool of teams because these are now what you deem to be really the top teams in in college football, the top programs consistently year over year. If you want to keep them to where they're locked in for the life of it, great. If you want it to where you know, if they don't perform after a year, year by basis, whatever. I mean, there's a lot of things. This is all speculation and, you know, us just shooting the shit. But ultimately, something will change. And we've already gotten our first taste of it because they're going to expand the playoff to a 12-team playoff within the next couple of years, which I think is the right move. I think giving, giving more teams a chance to at least be in the tournament and have a chance at the dance. I think that's the right move. Doesn't mean that all of those teams really have a legitimate shot to win, but at least you give them a chance. You keep more people intrigued, more people have hope. All all good things for college football. So we'll we'll see. As as you guys have both mentioned, there's pros and cons to the changes that are happening right now. There's pros and cons to the changes that will happen. There's things that you're gonna find are important or not important that somebody else may or may not agree with. You know, I'm, Matt, you and I are old school. We like the rivalry games. We like the fucking traditions. We like we like the fact that you play because, you know, you, you go to school there and it matters, you know, what it means to beat your fucking, you know, buddy who you went to play Pop Warner with and he went to the rival school. You know, all that stuff matters, but to some people, that stuff doesn't matter. It's all about, you know, uh, winning, winning your conference, or getting on, uh, getting into a New Year's Six bowl, or whatever the case may be. So, I think that we're gonna just get ourselves in our in in our driver's seats, buckle up real tight, and see where college football decides it wants to take us. Um, and it should be 
interesting and make for some great conversation along the way. So we'll see. Um, Yeah. Like I said to Alex, though, like, I don't think it, I don't think that stuff completely goes away. Like, I don't think the rivalries go away or the people caring about the school and tradition goes away. But I think what becomes the impact is some of these rivalries were in place because it's not just the in-state. It's not just that. It's we're in the same conference. And when we're both good, this game matters. And yeah. that, that makes a big difference because, you know, sure. When it comes to rankings, that is a that is an impact. And if the conferences don't change and those things stay in alignment, then that's great. But if they do change, then you know that is you know one of those things that you know it's it's give and take. You know, I mean, again, like you said, we're all speculating. We're kind of putting our two cents in. I mean, at the end of the day, there's a lot of things that have changed that are for the good, like the NIL. It's I think something that's been needed to have been done for quite a long time. Um, you know, maybe I'm biased because Miami's kind of leading the pack of how to handle it as a player because they've had more guys to sign NIL deals than anybody so far. Hey, but, I'll tell you what, that's kudos on their athletic department for getting the for having people looking out for those kids and helping them out. That's that's what that is. So I agree. On them. Take advantage of it's, it and, and get your get your kids in the best position to be successful. Uh, while they're in school, while they have a platform, because let's face it, we know not all of them are getting drafted and making a career in the NFL. So let them let them take advantage while they've got their 15 minutes of fame or in their time in the sun, right? So we'll we'll see. But let's let's get into the football part of it now. Let's get into Do the it. fun stuff, right? Let's talk about some of these conferences and what we think might happen. Uh, Matt, we're going to start with your conference, and we're going to start with you. Let's look at the the ACC. Obviously, Clemson has been the top dog for a little while now. But you've got, as as it stands today, you've got three teams ranked in the top 25 of the AP poll. So the question to start off the show and to start off kind of our, our preview is, Who's who's meeting in the in the ACC championship game, and who's going to be the conference champion uh, ultimately with a with a chance of making the college football playoff? I mean, I, I think things are going to fall in line that you're going to have another matchup of Miami Clemson. Okay. Because um, I think even if they do lose to Alabama, which I'm sure a lot of people on here will be like, "Oh, of course that's going to happen." Mark my words, well, not going to be a given. Not going to be as easily said and done because, quite frankly, Alabama doesn't know what they're doing at quarterback. I know they've got talent. Well, they, they're going to start a freshman. You're starting a freshman against a defense that's actually been playing incredibly well in camp. They've yeah. got a lot of pressure that's coming off the line, which I think a lot of people didn't expect that would happen. defense does need somebody to step up now that there's no Russo and Phillips, though. They do, but I think it's going to be a year. I mean, this is maybe a little more deep than people care, but what you'll end up seeing from Miami this year is more team football because they're going to be trying to find those replacement guys to be those names. So I think you're going to see a lot of guys that get rotated in, and that's what I've been reading. Um, we've got a pretty deep defensive line at the end of the day, and that's where people are going to probably assume Miami's going to be weak. They but got pay the attention big five-star D-tackle, Leonard Taylor. That kid can play. Yep. Thank you. for Yeah, I was, that was literally who I was going to mention. Um, I mean, don't – the only nervous thing I have right now the hell with those stable of running backs. No, the only thing I'm really nervous about is the fact that Zion Nelson hasn't practiced in a week. That makes me nervous. The kid's good. Yeah, the left but, tackle, yeah. But 
Jared Williams has played two full scrimmages. He is doing well. Mark my words, I think what to watch for in Miami, which is why this could be a matchup in the ACC of Miami-Clemson for the championship that will actually be entertaining, not for just, you know, two and a half quarters, is the fact that this offense is going to score. Yeah, well, if they're all healthy, Miami's got the best running back room probably in the country. I would have to 100% agree with you because Cameron Harris and Don Chaney are going to absolutely tear it up. It's I've been saying this to a lot of people, and I'm going to stand by it, and I'm going to say it now because I think it would probably be the first time I've said it on the podcast. Look out for Miami this year, and it's not going to be, oh, Miami's back, because quite frankly, every other Miami fan should be quite frankly sick of hearing that because that's not what it is, and we need to stop pretending. Well, it's that's 19, not the expectation. It's not 1990 I, anymore. We need I, can, to stop I can tell you that all Florida fans are tired of hearing that. I 100%. Dude, I've been saying it for years that I don't like that. I'm like, it's and not. I, and I don't, not I don't mean just Gators, Matt. I mean all Florida football fans it's are annoying. tired of hearing no. it's Miami's year. It's annoying, and it, I do it's, agree. It's because... like listening. It's like listening to Cowboys fans say, "We the boys, it's our year." No, no. Well, here's what it is. It's actually, <laughs> I'm gonna be kind of self-critical of the school I love and follow. It's their own fault of constantly always wanting what's already happened. I think this year, Manny Diaz. Mark my words on this. Manny Diaz is going to have this team playing a little bit of different brand of football than we've seen. They're going to be playing for something different, and it's going to be, we're not back. This is now what Miami is. They're going so to you've set got a new standard. And I per- I'm going to say it right now. Maybe I'm you know, wearing my big boy pants. I truly think this could be the year Miami finally wins their ACC championship. All right, so there you go. Alex, what do you – what do you think? Uh, are you in alignment with Matt? What's the what's the prediction you've got for the ACC? Look, obviously Clemson's always at the top. They've had a really good program and sustained that for a long time. Um, call me crazy, man, but uh, I, I think a lot of people are overlooking Notre Dame this year. Nah. Well, Notre Dame Notre Dame's not playing uh, ACC football nope. co- uh, schedule this year. I know. Nope. I know. That, so it's not the conference, though. So they're uh, not in the conference again. Yeah, they're they were back last to being year. independent. They're back to independent because they're a bunch of douchebags. <laughs> they don't. They don't like to be. Uh, they don't like to be tied down to. One that's going to be the one thing I'm going to love. Not to backtrack too much. That's the one thing I'm going to love is if you end up doing this alignment thing. That means Notre Dame's going to actually have to. Uh, I don't know. Be yeah, a man have and join a conference. Yeah, they're going to have to pick. And yeah. BYU, you're not that cool. Yeah. Well, well join a conference. You're right. Look, so Alex, me, you got Clemson me, as your top dog. Clemson, yeah, Clemson's my top dog. Um, I, I don't think that much is going to change for them this season, right? They've they've got it. They know they know what the hell they're doing. They're, yeah, but you don't have Trevor team. Lawrence. You don't have Travis Etienne. You don't. You don't need. Okay, but you don't need them. Yeah, you do. You don't. Though. Yeah, they've you always do. they've always been successful. Um, mm. I honestly mm. look, at, look to me. It, the, the team to beat in that division and will be for a while is Clemson. Oh, um, that's, that's I, just I where it is for that. me. I I don't, however, think it'll come down to to Clemson and and Miami. I think Miami will be Ooh. successful this year. Don't get me wrong. Who's gonna come um, out there? I, I just, mm, I'm not gonna. Uh, you know, the only other team that you could logically say is. North Carolina because of Sam Howell, but Sam Howell is not enough to only be the reason why North Carolina. I, I understand that, I and I and I get that. Um, but look, they don't have the running back duo from last it's, year. It's like your guys are going in year two. 
I just don't see it. Like I think it'll click and it'll start. You guys will solidify your new identity moving forward. But it's not going to be enough to get you at the top this year. Next year, I wouldn't doubt it. This season, I, look, it would be like a freaking miracle to watch that happen. I think Why, you though? solidify. I think but who Miami, else? Right? Who's Miami's the team got then? a lot of Miami's got a lot of NFL Hall of Famers. Okay, a lot. Miami draws a lot of NFL talent. It's just what you guys have been known for. You boom it. Okay, that's just the way it goes. Um, but this whole this whole rebranding of Miami, this this new identity you guys are going to have, it's not just going to take off your one. It's going to solidify. You're going to. It's already been foundation. happening. It's, it's right. already you're been going, happening. It's just you're going now to it's gonna solidify be it. The foundation will be solid after this season. I mean, that's where I'm at. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, who's you? You still didn't. I kind of said it for you, but you didn't really agree. You think North Carolina is going to be the other team to come out to face Clemson? Yeah, I would say. I, I would say. Because quite frankly, Clemson's a one horse in their in their part of. Yeah, the there's ACC. nobody else in there's nobody else in the Atlantic that's going to mess with them. Um, no, Pittsburgh might surprise some people this year, no. but it, it, it might be North Carolina. They always think they're going to, and they never do. All right, so Matt, he's got Carolina and Clemson meeting in Charlotte for the All ACC right. championship. Here's what I'll do. I'll I do like Sam Howell though, so I want to put that on record though. I am Howell, a Sam yeah. Howell fan. I think Howell's that kid will come NFL out and be good in the NFL. Yeah, Howell's going to be an NFL quarterback. I would agree with that. I'll keep this short and sweet. I'm going to start out with two surprise teams that I think, one in each uh, side of the division, that I think are going to be better than people think. Uh, I didn't know we were going to do that too, damn it. It's okay. I just do my homework. So, I'm giving the people. No, no, no. I'm just giving the people a little extra. Shots fired. Really? Like, Okay. So I think um, I think Boston College is going to be better than people think on the Atlantic side. I think they're going to give uh, they're going to give people some fits and win more games uh, than people give them credit for. Or Will Boston predicting? College be what Notre Dame was last year? No, no, no. They're not going to. No, be they're not going. I don't. I, I, I got to ask the question because they're not no, there, right? No, because Notre Dame beat Clemson, so they're not going to be that. But they're going to they're going to be better than people think. And then they're always the kind of. Go ahead. I'm just saying they're they're always they're always feisty, but I think this year they're actually going to be a better like a a good. Legitimate well, they've progressively team. been they've been progressively getting like better and better each year. So I definitely don't think you're Here, wrong. I'll, like, I'll, I'll put it like this: I think they're going to be the second best team in the Atlantic Division behind Clemson. That's what I think. Okay, I could agree to that because I don't think Louisville's going to be able to do anything, and I think Florida State's still a couple years away from being able to really put it together. Yeah. Now on the coastal side. There's there's two teams that are going to battle for um, the winning that side of the division, but I do think that Virginia is going to be a much improved team. Yep. They were in the they were in the conference championship game a couple of years ago. I think they're going to be a much improved team. They're going to win. Uh, they're going to win more games than people think. At the end of the day, I think the two teams that meet in Charlotte are going to be Clemson and Miami. I think that uh, De'Aaron King is going to be that much of a difference maker for the Canes. Uh, and I just don't trust North Carolina to play defense and run the ball because they lost both Michael Carter and Javante Williams in the backfield. Sam Howell is going to have to carry that team a little too much, and I think it's going to come back to bite him. So I do like Clemson and Miami with Clemson winning the championship just because I think they're right now the elite program with the talent. But that's, that's my opinion. We'll see how it rolls out. Now, let's get to that Big 12 conference. This is the last year that – potentially uh, Texas and Oklahoma are going to be there. So, Alex, we'll start with you. 
what two teams are, are facing off in the Big 12 Conference Championship game and who wins the conference? Ooh. Um, well, obviously, right off the bat, I'm going to have to go. Damn it, man. Oklahoma. Okay. Well, ranked of course. Number, ranked number two in the country to start in the AP poll. Right. So Oklahoma for me, obviously, is where it's at. Um, Who are they playing against? See, that's that's where it's tough for me. Um, and, and the only reason I say that is when I go back and look, like when I look at the top, you know, the AP poll, top 25, when I look at what took place last year, um, Iowa State. Yeah. Iowa State was really good. Yeah. Um, 11 win team and they've got all 22 starters coming back. Yeah, so, so it's it's tough. Um, I like Texas this year. Like I said, they they have their you know they have their moments. They 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 flash. Um, but for me, I think it's for me. I think it's gonna be Oklahoma and Iowa State. Uh, and who's winning? I'm gonna go with Oklahoma this year. I Matt, I think Spencer gonna... Rattler has a really good season. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I think that he's probably gonna put himself uh, into. He's going to make an All-American team. That's what he, I think. He'll, he'll make All-American. I think he puts himself into the conversation about a, being a first-round quarterback next year. I, I would agree with that, too. Matt, what do you got? Anything different? Um, No, because I've been, I've been pulling for the Cyclones for a while, as we know, last year. Yeah, those, are, all, your, those, are, your big 12, those are your Big 12 darlings. Matt I, was all, I, I was all in on the Cyclones. I think they're going to be good again. I think um, – the fact that they're returning that, you know, such a great amount of starters just. Yeah, Matt Campbell's is, kept his team. That's going to be the big difference where, may, you know, with the way things are changing, you know, you never know. Maybe this becomes one of the, you know, teams that starts kind of running this conference. Um, I think Texas is going to be scrappy. I think don't discount them. Um, mm-hmm. no. I think there's a new, I think there's a new sense of urgency down there um, that we haven't seen at that school in quite a while. And I'm kind of in on it. I'm not a big well, Texas guy. Well, they got guy. Steve Sarkeesian leading them year one. Remember, new coach. Exactly. Thank you. Proving my point even more. Baylor, Baylor's, me- Baylor's a good one to look out for. No. They've just had. <laughs> Ever since Matt Rule's left, they've gone to, they've gone to the gutter. Come on. Come on. They're, they're a basketball I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, I, was, I, I like it. I was a, that's well times too, sir. There you go. Well times. I mean, no. So, yeah, I, I, long story short, I kind of I agree with Alex. I think it's going to be Oklahoma, Iowa State. But I think as much as I'm not a fan of the guy, I, I think Spencer Rattler has a probably pretty stellar season. And, again, we get to watch Oklahoma with a high-powered offense, chucking the ball, yeah. with a quarterback and running for the Heisman. Yeah. So, I'll um, – I'll... Eliminate all the drama. I agree with both of your predictions about <laughs> Oklahoma facing Iowa State for the championship game and Spencer Rattler having an All-American Heisman type of season, Oklahoma winning the conference and getting into the playoff. I will say I will add two little caveats. I think West Virginia is going to be better than hmm. people think and is going to win more yeah. games than people give them credit for. Okay. And I think the best player in the conference not named – Spencer Rattler is going to be Bajan Robinson, the running back at Texas. So just look out for him. He's technically a redshirt freshman because last year was a throwaway year, so you don't lose the year of eligibility. So he's technically still a freshman running back at Texas. He averaged 
8.9 yards a carry as a freshman. Steve Sarkeesian knows how to use running backs He's at, since he's had him at Alabama. So just look out for this kid at Texas, Bijan Robinson. He's going to be the best player in the conference, not named Spencer Rapp. But I like I like how we all sprinkled Texas in there as the team to watch. <laughs> well, I, I well, think, because I think West Virginia, I mean Texas is always the team to watch just because they're Texas. Yeah. But I think that they've got a future. Uh, There's a newer sen- like it's a newer sense of urgency. They finally, it's like things are starting to kind of like, oh, okay, we're recruiting back to a little bit better. We're starting to actually show up in games like we used to and play some good tough games and you know grind out and actually show up because for a little while there, let's be real, Texas basically was like a ghost of Texas. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, I mean, Vince Young is not walking through those doors anymore. Yeah, it's been a long, long time since yeah, you've had I mean, a game like that. That was 05. So let's, uh, let's get to Matt's favorite Power 5 conference, and that is the Big Ten. And uh, <laughs> I mean, because it's, because it's Matt's favorite Power 5 conference, we're going to let him start by picking the conference championship matchup and the conference champion. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's really not one of my favorite conferences. That's uh, <laughs> you're, not, you're not wrong on that one. Um, unfortunately, I'm always going to have to put Ohio State in there because let's be real, they run that conference. I they mean, sure do. <laughs> they run laps around as much as I, it pains me. I mean, it is what it is. They recruit well. Yeah. They got good talent. I mean, sometimes truth hurts. But well, bottom line, I am a diehard football fan, so I can objectively look at some things. Um, yeah, I, I think you're going to end up having, you know, Ohio State, obviously. Ohio State from the east, who they face and from the west. It, it seems like the easy pick, but I do think maybe we start to see a little bit of the old school come back. Um, it seems like there's some old school nature that's coming back in a lot of sports right now across just the board. So I think college football is not going to be an exception. Um, I know they're pre-ranked. They're pre-ranked to be there, and I think they will be. Um, and I think that will be Wisconsin. They're pre-ranked. They're, you know, we're looking at 12. On Wisconsin. Team, which, let's be real, when was the last time Wisconsin was actually a threat? I mean, probably not since they had the dual-headed monster of Melvin Gordon and Monte Ball. Ball. Exactly. So I think I think people should be on notice. I think Wisconsin's going to be good. I think they will definitely, um, you know, be better than years past. I, I think, think they I have. Think they finally have a legit NFL quarterback in Graham Mertz. Uh, yes, I would have to agree with you on that. I also think that they have a schedule that's going to favor um, them because they really don't have major, major competition. Um, outside of Notre Dame, and that happens early in the season. Well, so I think they, that, they start out right out of the gate against Penn State. They do, but I think Penn State's just getting a little bit of – A little too much credit early. I think they're, I think they're going to be one of those teams that's getting – because we, we always see that. It's always a team that's in that, like, 17 to 22 where we're like, oh, okay, they're ranked. Like, okay, they're getting some love, and then they kind of just fall off. Right, but um, how good are they? And Penn State's been – been notorious for being ranked, and then game one, they're like, oh, they, this team is crap. They, they they sure as shit do it all the time. So you've got the Buckeyes meeting the Badgers. You got a winner? Um, I, I, I think it's going to be hard for teams to beat Ohio State as much as it pains me to admit that. I think yeah, they're they are be... pretty. They are pretty loaded, uh, <laughs> even though they're going to be inexperienced at quarterback for the first time in a while. 
I don't think it makes that much of a difference on that team just because of the way I they play football. You. I agree with it, you. It, you know, like so if like not to go too not to keep recycling things, but like that's why I don't say the same thing about Clemson. Like I think Clemson will be good, but I think they're a team that they aren't as much of a powerhouse when they don't have that quarterback that's absolutely clicking. So yeah. we don't know where to get. Ohio State plays a brand of football that bodes well for transition at quarterback. They can yep. take a year, figure it out, and still be really damn good because they always recruit where it matters. Your defense, they're going to be able to cover deep. They're going to be able to make sure that guys are not scoring deep points on them. They're always going to be able to bring some kind of pressure, and they're always going to have a pretty good line and a good running attack. It's just yep. what Ohio State does. Unfortunately, I don't like admitting it, but it is what it is. So I look out for Ohio State to – make a, a, a decent run again, win their conference, and be probably a top four team, top three. What do you got there, Alex? Who do you got in the championship, and who do you got winning? Give me the I, the Illini. I'm just Ew. I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm just playing. Please stop. I, re- I mean, it's a joke. No, it's a joke. Listen. Um, hey, the fighting Illini were decent a couple years ago. They, yeah, uh, they back are. when they had the Zucker. Well, that too. <laughs> Um, I think the overall consensus for this for this division, obviously Ohio State, um, with their ever evolving door, revolving door of quarterback prospects wanting to play there, who never succeed in the NFL. Um, <laughs> the team's always good. Uh, I don't know what it is. They've got a program there. That um, I just want to point out that you've been talking up Justin Fields quite a lot there, sir. Hey, well, we'll see what happens. He'll be the first. So let's see. You're gonna you're doing what everybody else does. Oh, this kid's gonna be really good. He played at Ohio State, and he's gonna fucking suck. I've never said that. I never I never once endorsed the fact that he was good because of Ohio State. I just think he's good because of his intangibles, and he's proving me right. That's all I'm saying about it. He'll be one of the first quarterbacks to come out of Ohio State and actually be good. Okay. Yeah. Well, jury's out on that, but there's certainly the potential. Right. So you knew I was gonna come back and circle that. that one. That's you come back. You're still wrong. You know I'm going to circle that uh, one. Obviously, the number two team here is uh, Penn State. Same division, obviously, sitting there in the east. Um, I, you know, I, I bounce back and forth between the two. I, Penn State had some had some issues last year. I, I think they get them worked out, but I don't think they get them worked out quick enough to beat Illinois. All right, Ohio State, excuse me. I keep throwing in Illinois because I like to mess around. Um, this season, though, I, I think a lot of people are really high on Wisconsin. Uh really not sure why i think well, they like have, i said i think they finally have themselves a quarterback who's got nfl talent usually yeah you've got a better quarterback true, they true, always true, find ways true, to- but i don't i don't think it's enough for this one season to put them up at the top fair it's, enough well they're always going to be able to run the ball though so huh? being able to run the ball in a conference that plays basically like smash mouth football because it's a boring conference let's be real it's a you know it's not a flashy conference. If you can run the ball well, that's what wins you Big Ten. Yeah. That's why Ohio State is always good because they always have a good running back. Right. That's why Barkley was able to do what he did for Penn State when they were decent, even though they didn't win at all. They were still a really good team because they had a good running game. If you have a good running game, you're going to win in the Big Ten. Yeah, I, I get it. Look, I'm, I'm not – This is these are my predictions. You shove it. Um, I'm just justifying – why I, get, I'm right. I, get, I know you're cool. We ain't, ain't no issues. Um, I, I think the surprise team in the West, though, is going to be Iowa. All right. 
Uh, I yeah. Listen, I, I don't I don't have like a concrete reason for this other than I just I like them this season. Um, I, I mean, I, they're I due just, for I, a comeback. I'll give you that. Yeah, they've they I mean, kind I of just, always I, hang around. Yeah, they, they've always kind of been there. They, they flash up and then they disappear and then they flash back up and cause a huge upset two or three times. And it's just like, yo, what? What's going on? Um, them and Mizzou, and they both are the same damn colors, and you always get yeah. So, um, <laughs> look, they just honestly the biggest question mark for them um, is their offensive line. All right, they lost a lot of guys last year yeah. when in the NFL. So, um, it'll be interesting to me. I, I think the the person to watch for them obviously is Nick DeJong. Um, he's he's listen. The, the guy's going to be an elite NFL tackle. If he's there when the, when the Giants pick, I want them to take him. That's all oh, we're going that early already. Uh, oh boy! Look, I'm sorry, oh but you give me a six foot six, three hundred pound offensive tackle, I'm not going to say no. Just end of story. That we're not um, going to hear. You know, we're not going to that name. <laughs> any of our listeners, you're going to hear that name way too much now. Just no, <laughs> yeah. Just to give happen. you a heads up. Yeah, um, but it, it's the truth. So look, for me, the surprise <laughs> team and it is is definitely Iowa. I think they're the team to watch. Um, Wisconsin, obviously, it, everybody's looking at them because they're they're generally always good, and now they have a good quarterback. Um, but the Hawkeyes are the team that I, I think are going to be the second best in in that division entirely. Um, but Ohio State's going to take it, so it doesn't matter. Ah, yeah, we'll see. Enough. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so I uh, I've got Ohio State uh, going from the east, and I think that um, Wisconsin will be their opponent in the championship game with the Buckeyes winning. Um, I will add that I think um, it, it's going to be a bounce. I know Northwestern was the team, obviously that that made it last year and gave the Buckeyes uh, you know their best efforts. But I think that this is going to be a bounce back year for PJ Fleck and the Minnesota Golden Gophers. So I think they're going to be. I think they're going to. Why be did I? Than people think. I think he's going to get them rowing the boat um, in the right direction. Oh man. Um, so I think Minnesota is going to have themselves a bounce back year. Obviously, uh, the fighting Pat Fitzgeralds there in Chicago um, are are going to be a, a stout team as well. So I think I think the West. Um, they don't have Ohio State, but I think if you look on the Western Division, they're more well-rounded. Whereas in the East, you've got Ohio State, very top-heavy, Penn State, but I mean Michigan stinks, Michigan State stinks, Indiana. Rutgers terrible. Indiana, let's let's be realistic. They're not holding on. Yeah, Maryland Indiana was awful. a flash in the pan. They're a basketball school. I mean, so they're awful. I I I, I definitely will 100 percent agree with you. The the West definitely is going to have more intriguing teams. Um, Golden Gophers are another one of those teams. They just like to randomly shelve every once in a while and be like, yeah. oh hey, we still exist. They're going to row the boat. PJ Flux is going to get them going. I think they're going to have a bounce back year. They're going to be better than people expect. Um, I think that. Sparty, uh, they were so bad last year. I think they're going to start to rebound a little bit. Um, they've got not this year, but look out for next year. They've got a, a top um, QB prospect, a, a four-star kid out of St. John Bosco out in California, coming to uh, Michigan State next year. So I think they're on the they're on the swing of turning things around. But Ohio State against Michigan, Ohio State's going to win. They're just going to continue their dominance and get back into the college football playoff now. Let's get ourselves out to the Forgotten Conference, uh, out to the left coast. Um, me being a Chargers fan and my team being out west, I'll go ahead and I'll start the Pac-12 prediction. Um, I, I, think, 
I think that um, the teams that are going to be improved this year, um, I think um, this might finally be the year that uh, Chip Kelly gets his act together for UCLA. I still don't think it's going to be very good, but I think it's going to be better. Um, I think that on the north part of the division, I think um, Washington is going to be a team to watch out for. Ultimately, though, this is going to be Oregon against Arizona State in the Pac-12 championship game. And I think the quack attack, I think they're just too good, too talented. I think they're going to be the Pac-12 winners, um, and that's going to be good enough to get them into the college football playoffs. So I've got the Ducks over the Devils. Yep. My boys, my man, Cristobal. I'll tell you you what, man. He must have – he learned – from somebody how to recruit because he's getting the best players, not only from California, but from all over the fucking place to come mm-hmm. to Eugene, Oregon. He went to Miami. He learned how recruiting is done because he was there long ago before we started to suck at it. Well, hey, anyway, listen. that I, I've got my fa- I mean, and like I said, they've got probably, they probably have the first overall pick in the draft on their team. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I mean, well, listen, we talked about him last year. Um, nobody's really shying away from Oregon. Uh, a lot of jokes came flying out, obviously, because Nike is headquartered there. So they're always, you know, flaunting new uniforms and stuff like yeah, that. I've got over 300 combos. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, it's always, it's fun and game. Uh, I think the thing to consider here, a lot of talent will, will now seriously consider regardless of recruiting going to Oregon because of the NIL deals that they'll, they'll yep. get from Nike. So, yep. um, I expect Oregon to be on the top when it term, in terms of like recruitment talent, not because of what the coaches are doing, but because of the potential money that they're going to make. Watch there. your mouth. Cristobal's a great coach. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not saying anything about him. Um, one of the guys that we talked about last last year, obviously, was friggin' Kayvon Thibodeau. Huh? Yeah. He was an end we talked about as a potential that might come out. We you said it was a little bit early. He should probably stay back a year. And hey, look at he's coming back and he's going to lead that roster. Okay, so uh, for me. Quackity quack, don't come back. Oregon is going to win. I, I too, think that they're going to play Arizona State. Go Devils. Um, but Oregon's going to win. It, they're just a far more talented team, and it's just it is what it is. I'm sorry. Yeah. What do you got there, Matt? He likes Utah. Matt likes Utah. <laughs> I do like Utah, but I don't think they're going to be good enough to beat up Arizona State. Yeah, they're, they're not, not going to have a repeat of that elite defense they had a couple years ago. Nope. I like Utah, and I think Utah is going to be like teams to watch out for. That are going to be better than maybe people think. Or are, are you going expect. fight on with the Trojans? USC. I think USC is going to be honestly much improved. Um, I just all think, eyes are going to be on that Slovis kid at quarterback to see if he's ready for the NFL. I think that's going to be enough to make Arizona State be able to keep ahead. So I'm in unison with you guys. I think Arizona State's more poised to be able to just be able to cruise in and take. Yeah. Well, and they've, the got that, they've got that veteran coaching leadership from Herm Edwards. That's not going to hurt them either. I mean, I don't know what you guys are worried about, bro. They got Michael Jackson, so they're good. Uh, I mean, I like the Jaden Daniels kid at quarterback they got. He's a player. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, Herm's, he's Herm's he's, been look, coaching him up well. He hinted at Heisman stuff. Uh, last year, you know, yeah, that he's going to have to put up monster numbers for that. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. He look, he's he's. It, it is what it is, man. He's just – it is what it is. He, he's Matt, earned it. Going, 
Are you going Ducks, Devils as well? So, yeah, overall I'm going Ducks, Devils, but I do think it's going to be an interesting race um, between Arizona State, USC, and Utah. I think they're going to be strong teams in that conference. Um, I think this is the first time – this is the uh-huh. first time I can remember, or at least going into the season, where I feel like the Pac-12 finally has some elite NFL talent in their conference. I was just yeah. gonna say that this is like a year where, like you, you as as you introduced the Pac-12, you basically made fun of that we don't care. But I actually think this is going to be a conference to look out for because I think NFL is starting to get more speed friendly. Everybody's trying yep. to spread out. Pac-12 has always done that, but the Pac-12 is now doing it in a more... I mean, we, we saw them do it. We saw them do it, you know, eight, nine years ago mm-hmm. when Chip Kelly was coaching in the NFL. I mean, we've, we've seen... The difference is, but it's it's a different approach now. You're not getting yeah, the same... Yeah, I, I know. I'm just saying, we've seen, like, the, the slow emergence of it. I think now it just solidifies. Yeah. Well, I think with that said, though, is I think you're going to get interesting football. It's, it's going to be different football. Um, You know, you're not getting defense. Let's just be real. So it's going to really be quarterback play. And that is one thing that will definitely bode well, you know, for Arizona State. And, yeah, I'm in unison with you guys. But, like I said, watch out for USC and Utah. Don't be surprised if they're uh, knocking on the doorstep. All right. Well, then that leads us to the last of the Power Five conferences, the South. Of course, we got to finish with the SEC. Of course, well, we're better I mean, than you. I, I kind of just went and we're better than you. We know it. <laughs> well, I just went in alphabetical <laughs> order. But I'll keep, I'll keep it short and sweet because I know this conference like the back of my scrotum. So, unfortunately, Alabama nice. is is still loaded. Um, however, um, that doesn't guarantee them anything. It's not like you roll the red carpet out for them and they're automatically into the college football playoff. There's still, you know, some unknown. They got a, they got an unproven freshman who's going to be playing quarterback. They got to find out who's going to be their top dog running back. Now that Najee Harris is gone, they lost all of that first round wide receiver talent. And, you know, John Mechie's got to be their top guy now. Not that he's not capable, but they don't have the same stable that they've had. So there's a lot of things that are not as they were, but then again, Saban is still there and they're still Alabama. All of that being said, I'll start with who I think are going to be my surprises on each side of the division. I'll start with the West. I think that um, Mississippi State is going to be a team to watch out for uh, this year. I think that they will be better than people think. On the East, I think that Kentucky will be better than people think and be a team to watch out for maybe give some other teams in the conference some trouble. Um, I think that there's some teams trending in the wrong direction. I think Tennessee and Auburn are both trending in the wrong direction. Um, my prediction, and this is, this is just me, and this is not me because I hate these schools, but I, I think that your conference championship matchup, get ready for it. Oh, God. Oh boy! Ready for I already, it. I already know what it is too. I, Alabama, it, Georgia. You haven't told me, and I know what it is, and I hate it. It is not going to be Alabama and Georgia. As much as, as much as I want to say that, and I, and my, my gut is telling me Alabama and Georgia. I am not going with that as my conference championship matchup. 
I'm going Texas A&M, Florida. Yeah. And I've got okay. and I've got the Aggies winning. Yeah. Because I think I think that Isaiah Spiller, the running back for Texas A&M, is going to just have a beast mode type of season running the football a similar way that Derrick Henry did when he won the Heisman at Alabama. I think A&M is just going to feed Isaiah Spiller. They've got a they've got a true freshman they just named as their starting quarterback in Haynes King. He's a good kid, lots of talent out of the state of Texas, but he's still a freshman. We've seen freshmen you can win in college football with a freshman QB if you can run and play D. They've got Weidemeyer at tight end, who's going to be a first-round potential tight end. Spiller, like I said, could be one of the best backs in the uh, entire country. And I think they're going to just run him ragged into the ground. Jimbo Fisher knows how to coach, unfortunately, and he's won a title. So I'm going out on a limb. I've got Texas A&M, Florida with A&M winning. Okay. 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 You want me to go to break it up so you have time to gather your thoughts there, Alex? No, I, I I'll keep mine very short. I know what my thoughts are on it. They're not they're not too dissimilar from from uh, Steve's. There, I just I, my team varies by one. Yeah, I would say mine varies by one. Okay, go for it. I agree. In the West, because I do wholeheartedly think Miami is going to beat Alabama. Okay. I, I, I think this is going to be. Now, that game obviously doesn't mount, matter for the conference now. No, but I think it's going to put Alabama in a spot where it's going to make their quarterback situation even worse because they're going to be even more unsure. And I think they slip up one other time Mm-mm. and it's going to force them out. Now, I'm not saying that Alabama is still not going to be absolutely just a force, sure. but. I think a little bit of unstable quarterback play is going to prevent them from, you know, the comeback type win or the, you know, hey, we're going to win it in the third quarter. I think it's going to hurt them. I think when you come up against like, oh, I don't know, say the team that we're saying is going to be there, A&M, that's going to be their loss. If you got two losses, one of which is to A&M, who I think and I agree is going to be absolutely dominant will probably not have a loss, if not only one at the minimum or at the maximum, puts them ahead. Because I think Alabama will stumble on Miami and AM. Only because I think we're going to set that tone of they are unsure at quarterback. And that's going to kind of send a tailspin type thing. And who do you got now, A&M playing? You guys are going to hate me on this, but I don't see Florida doing it. I think they're still going to be very good because they're a very well-coached team and they still have a shit ton of talent. I just weirdly do think quarterback play will be in effect. I think there's a little bit unknown there. Um, I do think they've lost a couple enough pieces that it's going to make a difference. And I think Georgia will be there because this is what Georgia likes to do. When they somehow can sneak for an opportunity, they get there and do absolutely nothing with it because they will not win the conference title and it will go to A&M. All right, so you got A&M beating Georgia for the conference championship. Alex, what do you got? All right, so look, I'm going to just tell you all right now, Alabama <laughs> Alabama is going to struggle, roll tide, but they are not going to struggle because of their quarterback play. You can shut the hell up 
I don't care what anybody says. Bryce Young is raking in NIL deals because he is what everybody wanted Tua Tagovailoa to be. Period. I'm just going to leave it at that. But he's done Alabama's, nothing, so all he's doing Alabama's is getting that. going to struggle because Bill O'Brien is their fucking offensive coordinator. <laughs> <laughs> that is why. I don't give a shit what you say. I don't know how that I mean, man has a job in football anymore. So I'm going to tell that you. That is where they're going to struggle. Saban ain't going to know what the hell to do, and it ain't going to be Bryce Young's fault. And that I feel defense terrible is gonna, for him. That defense is going to – I truly think Miami defense, and I know we're getting a little ahead because I know we're going to talk about this again. But Miami's defense, <laughs> Miami's defense will rattle Alabama's offense. Okay, but y'all are y'all are overlooking Alabama's defense. That shit's just gonna be wild. Okay, it just it, it just is. So I, I'm gonna tell you but right now. But they've done that so many Al- times. Alabama's that all you struggle. have to do is no. Like, Al- Alabama is going to struggle, but it is absolutely not gonna be because of Bryce Young. Bill O'Brien. So is Alabama coming out of the West? P- no, they're not. Uh, unfortunately, so after all that, you still agree? <laughs> they're not. Hey, I just said they're going to oh struggle. God. I started with they're going to struggle. So you guys, right, who do you got coming out of the West? I got Texas A&M coming out of the West. Okay. All right. And who um, they I just, oh God, I even hate to say it, man. Um, but I got to give it up to him, dude. Kirby he agrees Smart. With me. Kirby yeah. Kirby Smart knows what he's doing. The guy's a smart man. Um, I don't like him. I like his coaching style. Um, I like that he sticks to a quarterback and doesn't there, try to Alex, play. Alex, I'll ask you this question, seeing as you're going to pick Georgia. Uh, yeah. if, 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 if Florida had JT Daniels at quarterback instead of Emory Jones, would it be Florida? Yes. Yep. All yes. Right. I'll, even, I'll answer it with you. I'm Absolutely. sorry. I know y'all love talking about Emory Jones. The kid ain't gonna do it. And I know I- I'm sorry, we, dude. Emory Jones couldn't beat Kyle Trask. For the we didn't think Kyle, Kyle Trask, Trask was, was gonna be what he was last year either. But guess what? Yeah, I'm just he I, didn't it's even just, beat it's him. Just where it is for me, it's gonna be Texas A&M taking over the West. It's gonna be Georgia taking the East. Unfortunately, um, I think the only question mark for a game on their schedule this year is Clemson. That's it. Who? Um, yeah. Well, and that's where they, they have a chance to finish undefeated this season. Um, and I'm just going to say it, dude. If if Georgia makes it to the no. conference championship in the SEC, Georgia will win the national title. No, because they've I, never. I, I, there's oh, there's I an absolute so much. no. There's an absolute <laughs> jinx with that school for whatever reason. It's a jinx, dude. Well, good, they, uh, bro. I'm sorry. They've had great Georgia, coaching. Georgia's great 52. Coaching. They're 52 and 14 over the last five years. I'm sorry, but at some point, it's got to kick it over. And Bro. JT Daniels is going to be able to do that for him this year. Dude, Mark Rick had them competitive every single damn year. They just hey. don't know how to win when they need to win. The big they, a, he didn't have them smart. They didn't have him like smart got them. True or false question for you boys to end the segment and wrap up the show. True Sweet. or false. <laughs> if, if JT Daniels and Georgia wins the national championship, is JT Daniels a top five pick? You I'm going to say true. yes because true of how false. things trend. True? true. True. If he wins, he's a true. top five pick. False. If he doesn't win, he's not. I think it's going to be true. All right. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a split question, man. But I don't they can, think they can win and him win. still not be a top five quarterback. But I don't think – okay, no, no, I'm just answering what his scenario was. If somehow Georgia does win – Does that make him a top five pick? I think it does because it's going to be like, okay, cool, here's the kid from the SEC who now took Georgia, who hasn't won a title in, I don't know, what is it now, 30, 30 some odd years? 1980, baby. Yeah, 31 years? 30, that's 41. 
Keep them counting. My bad. Yeah, 41. My 41 bad. years. Keep like, them coming, baby. That's how it works when we talk about top five picks. Um, do I think they're going to win it, though? No, because I think A&M will win it. So I don't think that the scenario will happen. But if it does, yes. I'm right. just saying. Alabama's that's, lost. That's going to be the same thing. People are going to talk all shit all, all year. The same thing would happen if Miami wins their conference. If Miami somehow wins the ACC championship, De'Ari King will be looked at as being a high draft pick. Now he's already in Heisman talk, so he's looked at as a high draft pick. Especially Heisman talks doesn't Heisman talks doesn't mean you're going to be a high pick though. Because yeah, I mean, remember, look at, look at Eric Crouch. Remember, they're going to look. <laughs> De'Ari King's always going to have the size thing. So even if he wins a Heisman, they're going to look at it. But nobody looks at size anymore. But yes, they do, dude. De'Ari uh, King Kyler is like Murph. five two. Dude, De'Ari King is tiny. Like, I think he's really good. He's not 5'2", but he's not big. Bro, he's, <laughs> so let's put it this way. He's, there's discrepancy. He's not Bud Webb playing quarterback. Bro, not, Miami has him. Okay. You ready for this? <laughs> Miami has him listed at 5'11". ESPN has him listed at 5'8". And then I think... Um, well, somebody's lying. And College Reference, I think, has it at like 5'9". So it's like... He's probably closer to the 5'9", 5'10". I yeah, or five ten is the consensus supposedly, but I don't know if I buy that. I don't I don't like to say it, but it is what it is. I I think Georgia wins the the SEC, and I think because of that, they win the national title. All right, well there you go, folks. So we got we wow. Got you our, went even uh, further on predictions. Yep. You went that you went any title on us. Now we don't have to get into that because we're gonna we're gonna start previewing games week by week, just like we do when we get into the regular season. So we'll we'll see how it goes, but. I think uh, we're in for a pretty entertaining college football season, just as usual. Um, so we'll see how it shakes out. Next week we get to start making a couple of uh, a game picks as we uh, kick off more and more of the college football season. We're also going to get into our NFL predictions next week. So we get to start to go team by team, predict the records, predict the division winners, predict the wild cards, predict the seeds, and then we get to keep track of it to see who wins the prize at the end of the year. So, Yes, sir. All I can say is 9-4, as in September 4th. Cannot get here soon enough. There you go. So, for Matt and Alex and myself, it's been another lovely episode of Pound the Pigskin where it's all football all the time, and we'll see you next week.